action. Welcome to Torn Stubs with me, photographer Robert Gershenson and Josh Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. We continue our celebration of 21st century quiz cinema as we move on to 2018's A Fantastic Woman, directed by Sebastian Lelio. Joshua. Marina Vidal, played by Daniela Vega, is a Chilean lounge singer working in Santiago. When her boyfriend Orlando, played by Francisco Reyes, dies of a brain aneurysm, Marina finds herself alienated and humiliated by Orlando's son, ex-wife and friends, who make it clear that because Marina is a trans woman, she has no right to claim she was Orlando's lover and is not welcome at his funeral. What follows is a journey of grit and determination as Marina attempts to navigate these treacherous waters while keeping her dignity and identity intact. So this is the Oscar-winning, a, fan, a fantastic woman, won the 2017 Best Foreign Language Film Oscar, I think. Um, yeah, film in a film in a not in the English language, I think. Oh yeah, they changed it. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you know, landmark for trans representation in film. Um, I wondered though, have have you seen many films about the trans experience? Not massively. I mean, I've seen Pedro Amadova. Yeah. Um, I saw that that TV show where Sean Bean played a trans lady. Oh, right. um, a few bits here and there. Yeah. They're not often the lead in a film to start yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when they are, it's, again, ITV1 type dramas like The Danish Girl. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's an interesting sort of failing i guess of cinema that there really hasn't been that many sort of big films about the trans experience and when there have been they've often been quite um, problematic i think like you mentioned sean bean playing a trans woman i think a lot of films didn't cast trans actors in those films you know boys don't cry fantastic film um Oh yeah, Boys Danish Girl, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Dallas Buyers Club, Jared Leto was a trans woman. Trans America, which oh, yeah. got really raked over the coals for um, Lynette from Desperate Housewives playing a trans woman. Oh yeah, Scarvo was in, yeah. wasn't she? And most most offensively, this is the thing that I actually I couldn't believe it when I did when I googled this. If you Google trans movies into go- into Google, if you do that search, it brings up <laughs> if you Google, if you into, Google, Google. It into Google, it brings up films like. Ace Ventura, which, yes, it's a film I loved as a kid. Oh, no. Really, really problematic. <laughs> no. Reveal of a seemingly trans yes. character. And there's like this... Well, it's just hideous. It, 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 it's it's basically riffing off the crying game. Yeah. Crying game's a good which one, actually. It's a fantastic um, It is a fantastic film, but also it places the... Actually, no, it doesn't. I mean, the, the big reveal in the crying game is that Jade is trans. Mm. The character has a bad reaction, but the character gets over it michael not michael um stephen ray stephen ray um but the um yeah ace ventura is riffing riffing on because it plays that song doesn't it the crying game well yeah but it also it it makes the trans person um the trans character the enemy it it makes them the joke Mm -hmm. um it it 
presents them as the trickster. But look, Ace Ventura isn't a nuanced... It's not the nuanced film that it needs... Not that it needs to be. It just, it just, it shouldn't really be considered part of trans no, cinema exactly. because it's a zany comedy. That's not the place you have a nuanced conversation. Yeah. But there, there also seems to be this weird sort of misconception or misunderstanding on Google. It's clearly an algorithm, so I'm not going to get too into it. Yes, it'll be keywords. But it's things it's like, because you put the word trans. Things in. like Mrs. Doubtfire come up and Tootsie. These are not trans movies. Um, Tomboy from Celine Scammer, no. which we have covered on the podcast, is a oh, great yeah. trans film. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I must add. I must add. I I, I recently watched the Sean Bean um, mm. trans. It, it's not a film. It's actually a, a one-hour episode of a, um, a an, an anthology series called Accused. Each in each episode, it's different characters. Mm. Um, someone is in the docks at the old bailey waiting to go to court to hear the um the the verdict on their trial then it sort of then it sort of loops back and we see the story mm. and it's quite it is quite a um a, a sensitive portrayal of what it means to be trans mm. um i think the 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 hoo-ha is that it wasn't a trans person playing yeah. it it was sean b yeah but here's the thing yes i think more trans people should be cast in films and they don't necessarily have to play trans no. people but actors act yeah. oh yeah absolutely right? so i wouldn't want to stop anyone playing any role based on what they are in real mm. life because it's in the title of their their job description they act but there definitely needs to be more representation and more opportunities given to people who don't get the opportunities and that's across the board yeah absolutely yeah it's, it's about uplifting rather than um, repressing and i think that you know the the ignorance that has perhaps existed around representing trans experience on film is something that actually benefited a fantastic woman massively because the director sebastian lelio he says I didn't understand much and that's one of the reasons why I felt attracted to making this film. It was an opportunity to explore unknown territories and get beyond my own ignorance, which I think is such a great sort of distillation of what he actually does achieve with this film. Weirdly, his other film that came out similar time, the same year actually, um, Disobedience, is a a lesbian Jewish love story. And as far as I'm aware, he's neither lesbian nor Jewish, Mm. but it seems these days, I mean, this, this is such a short time ago, half a decade. It seems that that would be a faux pas. Mm -hmm. Now I think it would nowadays that a man directing a film about lesbian Jews or a man directing a film about a trans uh, lady Mm -hmm. But it's a shame because it's boring to just do what you are. You know, I've just made a, a podcast series about sex work. I'm not a sex worker, but it's interesting because I have an outside perspective. So the series, you know, the sort of questions that I would ask the contributors are from an outside perspective. So you get a, a completely fresh take on it. All. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I think that we are, there's two things going on there. One is that audiences these days generally seem to be looking for 100% authenticity and that's 
absolutely fine. I'd feel the same way a lot of the time. But also... It's not possible. Well, yeah, I mean, there is that. But we also were in this really messy, quite, you know, beautifully messy period at the moment where people are trying to do the right thing. I think creatives are trying to do the right thing. And the emphasis is on positive representation and uplifting of people who have traditionally not had a voice. And I think it's sort of, it means that there are almost like extreme different feelings about the right way to go about creating stories about the LGBT plus experience. And so it means that mm. sadly people are going to get, um, you know, lambasted if they aren't of the type of person that the story is kind of thing, you know, because people are trying to do the right thing. But I think nobody really knows exactly what that means at the moment, maybe. I think because the pendulum was so far over to not the political left, I'm just using it as a, a, a direction, over to the, that side, right? For so long, in order for the pen, pendulum to to settle at a nice balanced centre, it has to go all the way to the other side. Eventually it will come back. Eventually it will come back and people who are outside the box, you know, outside the group, will be allowed to make films with about people who are not in the same box. It's just the the, the re readdressing, you know, the pendulum has to swing. That's what it does. If it's not swinging, it's not a pendulum. Yeah, <laughs> it's right? just a... Otherwise, yeah. it's not attached to anything. <laughs> it's just on the floor. <laughs> right? Um, I'd never seen this this film before, even though you bought it for me on Blu-ray years, years ago. Years ago, for Christmas. I was really pleased it's that just... I got you such a great film and then you never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the problem, you know. You, sometimes you, you get so many blu-rays you know we both go to fop or we both go to uh computer exchange yeah. and we we go oh i like that film i'll get that but then you go right well, i haven't got the time to watch it now then you kind of forget yeah. about it and it just it becomes part of the ever increasing never decreasing pile of dvds and well, it becomes like, you've got to watch or books you've got to read it becomes like an invisible addition to your bookcase with that you never really look at kind of thing <laughs> yeah when i look at them i just don't look in the covers yeah. or i don't put the discs into but you know, I'm glad that we decided to include it in, in this series. And I like that it's, you know, there's no real narrative here. It's more of a inciting incident that doesn't really go anywhere, but very subtly it yeah. does. It's more of a observation, um, slice of life, like you said, follow around almost cinema verite without being cinema verite. It feels like if spike lee was asked to direct a pedro almodova film oh wow okay because it's got that kind of um she's gotta have it um or that kind of do the right thing or that clerks kind of vibe where we're just following a character mm -hmm. through the day and and seeing almost connected vignettes but it feels like a Pedro it feels like the I, I even wrote it down you know the best Pedro Almodovar film that he never directed <laughs> because it it, it it helps it's it's in um it helps that it's in like a South American setting it helps that there's a trans character um a brilliant fucking performance yeah. oh yeah Daniela Vega she's a, a hairdresser I think when Sebastian Lelio met her and and he, um, Sebastian Lelio, he was kind of 
researching trans life in in Chile. And he said that Daniela made me pose the question, what is a woman? And he didn't want to make, in his words, an easy melodrama or romance. And he says that basically he created the film around Daniela and um, it was basically just all about her. And I think that he didn't really need to make the film hugely complex or dramatically um, sort of driven in like a narrative traditional sense because we're being shown an experience that a lot of people have no real, especially in 2016, 2017, had no real sense of. So just to be able to spend, what, two or three days with a trans woman and just to see what her experiences are, that in itself is eye-opening and sort of um, emotional and fascinating um, as a character study, if nothing else. You know, it, it just works on that level so effectively. You don't need a great, complex storyline. No, no, you don't. And this is the, sometimes, you know, this is the sort of cinema that I absolutely love, where it is, and I'm going to sound really poncy, it is cinema as a subtle form of activism. Yeah. I didn't feel that anything was being rammed down my throat. I really can't stand it when um, when a either a political with P or political, uh, capital P or political with a, with a small P, whether if, if a piece has like a political hinge to it i can't bear when it's rammed down my throat pose season one brilliant mm. pose season two i found suffocating really? because i was i was being we were being uh preached to i felt it was really preachy and i i was questioning like is this a is this a piece of entertainment a piece of sort of camp pantomime or are you wanting propaganda are you wanting to have a, 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 yeah, either propaganda or, I mean, I don't like that word because it, 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 it suggests something insidious. Mm. But I think the, the, the small p political points that they were trying to make in Pose 2 overshadow the fact that it's a slice of mm. entertainment. So what happened between season one and two then? Sort of culturally? I don't think it was culturally. It was um, Ryan Murphy handing the reins over to the trans creatives mm. that are involved in the right. show. And... I think that's a brilliant, brilliant idea. But um, what happened in that process, from what I, from what I've gauged, is that the the activism came to the fore, and the stories mm. and the characters took a step back. And I think that's that's the, the wrong way off. to do it if you want people to. Yeah, listen. absolutely. If I feel like I'm being preached to, God, I mean, like, like I like Schindler's List. I mention yeah. it quite a lot. I like it, but I feel really mm. preached to right at the end of that film. And I'm a Jew, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I'm, you know, if I was born however many years earlier, mm. that's me right yeah. there. We wouldn't be having this conversation. But even I feel like the end of Schindler's List is too much. Don't preach to me when you're making a form of entertainment. There is a time and a place and there's a way of doing it. So it's almost like tell the truth with a joke kind of approach you know not even necessarily telling the truth but this is perfect this is showing us how this trans character and therefore how lots of other trans people in the world 
have to navigate all these shitty situations but at the end of each scene they don't have these moments where they're almost mm. turned into the camera going hmm, see see what we have to put yeah. up with they're just very subtly giving you the information showing you what it does to the character to marina mm. and then leaving that with yeah. you it's a very subtle very um, non-aggressive form of activism through a a piece of work that's meant to be entertaining. Yeah. And do you, do you think that the film works almost like a way of showing people how not to treat a trans person? I hope so. Because there are horrific things that she encounters, like questions that she's asked that I'm not going to repeat actually because they're horrible. But then, you know, Sonia... Well, they always ask that yeah. one. They're always asking that one. The big thing that news um, yeah. presenters and, and interviewers are constantly oh. asking nowadays, like... Julia Hartley thingamajiggy on on talk TV or GB News, whichever oh, no. one, um, always asking, what is a woman? Is a woman, how can that be a woman when the, the, the man, the woman has a penis? Mm. I'm like, well, you're, you're thinking about things, A, in the way that is completely inappropriate. It's none of your yeah, exactly. business what goes on in between someone's legs. Yeah. What you're actually doing is just denigrating a human being. Yeah, absolutely. Like, are we defined by our biology? Not necessarily, you know. Mm. Um, but I think the thing that the film does beautifully is that even though Marina does encounter all this horrific stuff, she's not actually a broken person. She's hugely strong and resilient. People are constantly trying to drag her down. And even though she's clearly sort of not f happy, I love the way the film shows her. I think the film is essentially about Marina trying to find her joy. And though the moments where she does find her joy are the moments when the film slips into visual surrealism, which is like so surprising and... Um, unusual like the, there's a moment where and it's like in a whole hour into the film before this happens but she suddenly is like fighting the wind as she walks down the street um and then the next time is when she's in a nightclub and she's sort of done some things that she's not feeling very proud of but then she we assume because she sees a vision of her dead lover she's almost remembering seeing him for the first time and that inspires another moment of joy where she sort of is almost her best self. She's like dancing and she's composed and looks beautiful. Flying, flying about. about. And like looking at looking at us into the, that's when she looks at us, looking at us in the, in the face and saying, yeah. almost saying like, how can this be wrong? This is me as me. I'm looking in your fucking face and telling you this is who I am. <laughs> um, and we're good right <laughs> you know yeah but she's unashamedly looking yeah. at us right she's unashamedly she's i mean she's clearly not ashamed who she is no clearly no, not. she's not and you know even you know i i did notice and i i, I wrote down like she's not angry is she used to this behavior that she is she is experiencing this treatment um is it just like almost like an internal eye roll moment? Like they want to see my driving license. Oh, they've asked that question again. 
And she's found ways to, she clearly has some anger, but she's found ways to express it healthily. Like she's got a, um, a punching ball thing by the front door and she's got that game at work yeah. that she punches. And like she's actually got such a healthy way of expressing how she feels, whereas everybody else around her, they're poisonous. Even the, the government officer who is sent to supposedly help her I mean, my question is, does she have Marina's best interests at heart? And what did you think? Are you talking about the police yeah, officer? Yeah, like the, the sex and minor crimes officer. The I get why the police lady is like that. She's a police lady. She's meant to she's meant to be completely neutral. She's not there to make anyone feel comfortable. She's there to solve a potential crime that she she thinks might have happened, you know, when a body turns up and it's battered and bruised and then dead yeah. yes you will immediately think uh-oh who yeah. did it and what was the murder weapon right so i i get that is she empathetic probably mm. not but there's unfortunately i don't think i think when law enforcement are trying to do their job i think sometimes empathy has to go out the window in order to collate evidence um I think that it's, she kind of makes certain assumptions straight off the bat. You know, she says, did you do drugs before the stroke? Um, she makes that assumption. She also sort of sort of quietly judges Marina for having a boyfriend who's older. So she's also sort of ageist about the whole thing. And then she's kind of patronizing in the way that she assumes that she knows Marina's experience um, because of what, because of her own um, interactions with trans people and she yeah. assumes that marina is either the victim or the perpetrator of a crime and marina is actually neither really she's not the victim and she didn't do anything wrong so it, it's like a very fraught relationship that they have marina and this officer and also the officer puts her in this situation where Marina is essentially humiliated because she has to strip to have to have sort of photograph photographs taken as proof that she wasn't mm. injured in a fight or anything. And there's no, you know, she's the welfare person. You know, it's the one thing that she does yeah. that is good is she refuses to leave the room. That's absolutely what she should do. But, you know, the guy is clearly not being briefed. The guy taking the photo is not being briefed. He's very uncouth about the whole thing kind of doesn't know how to handle somebody who is trans but that's like another great way that the film shows us that institutionally there's no or well, there's certainly at that time and maybe not now i don't know but there isn't necessarily a system for people who are trans or queer you know it, it's all fits one mm. which it shouldn't be i mean i i think i think there's efforts in this country but south america would be a bigger yeah. push they would take a lot longer i would imagine yeah do you think marina deserves to be excluded from the funeral um i i think that any i think that everybody like she says deserves to or should have the opportunity to say goodbye to their loved ones like that's without question i think that orlando had something to answer for because she clearly marina hadn't really been um 
integrated, if you want to like use a really clinical term, she hadn't been integrated into his family life. Um, but he was still married. That's well, yeah, why. absolutely. And, you know, it's clearly a conservative environment. Does she know he was married? Well, it's his ex. She called herself his ex-wife, Sonia. Oh, I just, I, I read that as he's dead. So she's referring to uh, him as ex-wife. Oh, maybe. I mean, they're clearly separated. He's got a separate apartment that he lives in. Um, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, in my head, I just read that as that's the apartment he has in the city for work. Oh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. He goes home to the family home because they lived out mm. a little bit. They weren't living in the city, were they? But yeah, the, the apartment was in the city. Yeah, but the thing is, like... I like how it's all left... It is quite it left really ambiguous. Is. We are, We are expected to fill in dots but in a non you know it's not confusing you don't even if you don't realize these things and then connect the dots you can still watch this yeah and also the fact so going back to your question about if she deserves not to be at the funeral the thing is that marina is excluded not because she is the other woman she's excluded because she's a trans woman specifically they all think they say that she's the f word they say that she's sort of like perverted Mm. And Sonia says something like, I see an illusion. They don't believe that she's a real person. They assume that she's underhand. She was trying to get something out of Orlando. So it's not about the fact that if she loved him or if she was his girlfriend, which she clearly was, it's the fact that she's trans. It's, you know, that's what it boiled down to. You know, the, the woman, the ex-wife was saying, my daughter's going to be there. I need to protect my daughter. And it's like, from what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you protecting her from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are, you know, this, they are using the the idea of um, respectability as a way to mask their transphobia. Yeah. And it's it all comes back to that ignorance that Sebastian Lelio was talking about. And it's like, People are ignorant. I've been ignorant. And I, you know, I've misspoken about certain things, I'm sure, over the years. But I think that if you're willfully mm-hmm. ignorant with no with no desire to educate yourself or change, that is a terrible problem. <laughs> um, and all you can do yeah. is educate yourself. You know, learn, learn pronouns, learn what pronouns are, learn what to ask people um, if, if you have to, you know, to to feel comfortable or to feel like you aren't offending them you know i think that there are things that you can do and these people didn't do any of that they completely they tried to victimize her they they kidnap her they treat her like yeah they do and no one stops them in the street that's weird (laughs) very weird um is there a connection to conan the barbarian here oh my god what (laughs) (laughs) please say more about this (laughs) Um, at one point there's a quote that says what doesn't kill you makes you stronger uh, doesn't kill which is obviously by stronger. Kelly Nishe Clarkson featured in yeah. Conan the Barbarian yeah but there's also that thing where it's like she shouldn't have to deal with the stuff that's going to make her stronger you know look we all deal with stuff right yeah they are dealing with horrendous stuff trans people at the mm-hmm. moment and the way they are being denigrated in the media um but the victory will be for them because they will have they are having mm. all these stones and mud thrown at them but they're going to be the ultimate victors yeah. because like nishi says doesn't, what doesn't kill makes you, you stronger makes you stronger and also is there hope 
in trans people looking at the gay experience because certainly cinematically if this film as much as it is specifically about the trans experience if you look at her experiences more generally you know just generally the the bigotry and the prejudice that she experiences and the exclusion yeah that's all that is what gay people have experienced as well and are starting to hopefully sort of come around so you know hopefully that's that's a positive thing for trans people to see i don't know yeah i mean i guess in in terms of campaigning um and the way that political small p and political big Mm. p battles are won we have a rule book yeah we have a game plan because we have been there we have achieved that so we can hopefully apply the same ways to get trans people the rights that they Mm. deserve in terms of cinema this is a really positive step forward in the 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 depiction of trans Mm. people oh completely and i would just hope that much in the same way that andrew haig says weekend is a film that features gay people it would be really lovely if some films and tv shows come out that just so happen to feature trans people oh yeah and for it to be accepted um without even batting an eyelid to be accepted without even realizing it's been accepted Mm -hmm. because that's a true hallmark of when something is accepted Oh, there's there's an actress called Alexandra Billings, and she's a trans woman. And she was in a TV show called Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton, where she played this sort of like powerful, I think she's a judge in it. And there's no mention in the story or the script about the fact that she's a trans actress. She's just for all intents and purposes playing a woman in that show. And that's yeah. magnificent. Yeah, there was there was a film... What was it? It was a sequel. Uh, Escape Room. Oh, yeah. One of the actors from Pose is in this film. Hmm. Um, but just as a mm-hmm. woman, as she should be. Yeah. It's not a trans character. Yeah, it's great. That's how it should be. Yeah. And I think this can be applied across the board. You know, no one, no one really bats an eyelid when a straight person plays a gay man. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be... It should be, it should be like that when we play straight people mm-hmm. or trans people play cisgender people. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a positive step in the right direction. And for something like this that is so subtle in its activism, it can only, only be a good mm. thing. That was A Fantastic Woman, directed by Sebastian Lelio. Joshua, give us a clue as to what's coming up on the next episode. We're going on a bike ride. Do you want to come? Are we getting peachy? Yep, on the bike. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Acast and Spotify so you don't miss that episode. And we're on Twitter at Pod. Come let us know your thoughts on A Fantastic Woman. We are off for a little dance. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Josh Winning. Cut! Thank you.